This is Jerry with the Jiu-Jitsu Times Podcast. Today I'm honored to be joined by Chatri Sityo Tong, the owner and founder of Evolve MMA in Singapore, which is considered the top MMA gym in Asia and one of the top camps and facilities in the world. He's also the founder and chairman of One Championship, the premier MMA promotion with live events all around Asia, including China, Malaysia, and the Philippines. He's a lifelong martial artist who trained at the famed Sityo Tong Muay Thai gym in Thailand and has over 30 professional Muay Thai fights and also trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Henzo Gracie while he lived in New York and is a blue belt under Master Henzo. He holds a bachelor's degree from Tufts University as well as an MBA from Harvard University. He has built numerous ventures ranging from startups in Silicon Valley to billion dollar hedge funds on Wall Street. He's a true renaissance man who truly wants to spread martial arts around the world to better lives of all. Um, thank you for joining me today, Chachari. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jerry, for having me. Appreciate it. And how did you first get involved in martial arts? Uh, about 30 years ago, uh, when I was a kid, uh, went to uh, I saw Lumpini fights on TV, Muay Thai, and you know it struck something and ignited something in my soul. And, and uh, next day, I went to uh, some Muay Thai camps and eventually settled on Sibyotong as my my main camp. And I've read in other reports about you, um, interviews, that you weren't a natural athlete. Yeah, no, I was not. No, not at all. Are you sandbagging a little bit? Because you were a great fighter. You, you are carrying the name of, of your gym, which is a huge honor and responsibility. Um, how did you overcome not being a great athlete and become a person who had 30 professional Muay Thai fights? Yeah, well, you know, in Thailand, uh, 30 is actually a very low number. If you look at all the world champions that evolved, they all have about 300, 400 professional fights. So I'm really a baby in the sport of Muay Thai in, in Thailand. Um, yes, I'm, you know, an advanced. Uh, uh, I've advanced as far as to the highest levels in the art, but I would not say I'm a good fighter. I mean, by Thai standards, maybe on uh, you know different level outside of Thailand, it'd be considered good. But uh, you know, my standards are always Thailand and Lumpini fighters and Lumpini champions. So I would never consider myself good. But um, yeah, obviously I was good enough to carry the name Sikyo Tong and you know you, you, you get you get awarded by Kuyo Tong Senanan the Grand Master Sikyo Tong uh, when you're deemed worthy mm-hmm. and also since you weren't a great athlete how much did you in Jiu Jitsu a lot of people say that technique can compensate for lack of athleticism but Muay Thai seems like so many of the great fighters are so explosive yeah. and seem so fluid how did how much could technique overcome a lack of athleticism in well, Muay Thai no, no, no. actually uh, it, it's exactly like Jiu Jitsu actually there's a lot of parallels uh, technique conquers everything. I mean, of course, heart conquers all, um, and, and athleticism plays a role. And, and your mind, and your 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 your, uh, your explosiveness, your speed, your power. But technique really does. Um, there's so many intricacies of Muay Thai that people don't realize. They just think, oh, it's a bunch of punches or kicks or elbows and knees. But in reality, there's a lot of setups and fakes and feints, and there's a lot of baiting, just like jujitsu. Um, and uh, you know, it, it goes from the gamut from kicks to punches to knees to elbows to clinch work. So there's a there's a whole wide range of techniques. There's around 400 actual techniques in Muay Thai, and then obviously lots of combinations between that. So. Um, it's 
actually a very complex art, but again, unless you invest your life in it, you really don't understand the subtleties. Because when you watch it on YouTube or on TV, it just looks like a bunch of kicks and punches flashing by. But there's actually milliseconds of decision making, of, of feints, of setups, of fakes, of you know, of combinations that the average person can't see. It's just like jujitsu. The average uh, consumer of jujitsu or viewer of jujitsu is not going to notice the difference between grips and 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 you know, slight moves moves in the, in the hip and. and Unless you felt the black belt put you in side control, you just it does on the TV or on, on YouTube. It looks like oh whatever, just side control. I can get out of that. But when a black belt, high level black belt, puts you in side control, puts that you know pressure on your chin, and you feel the weight, there's nothing you can do. So it's the same kind of thing. That the highest levels of Muay Thai is the same thing. So you know. Um, I just would say that they're, you know, um, it's the most advanced place in the world for Muay Thai, and that if you're born with average genetics like me, you're just not going to get far. <laughs> That's but you did get far, though. Yeah. Uh, um, and Muay Thai, you, you did have a tough childhood at times. How yeah. much did Muay Thai and martial arts help you through the tough times of your childhood? Uh, uh, it helped me a lot. Uh, you know, um, in the Asian financial crisis, uh, my family got wiped out and homeless, and my father eventually abandoned the family. And we were living on four dollars a day, and, and uh, it was very, very rough times. And I think without my martial arts training, I wouldn't have had the mental strength, the discipline, the work ethic, uh, and the courage to do what I did, and eventually go to Harvard University and, and, and go on scholarship and, 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 and uh, borrow money, and you know. I think if I didn't have the courage for martial arts, if I didn't have my mental strength training and, and um, my warrior spirit, who knows, I would have ended up being like, I don't know, maybe a janitor or something, I don't know. I don't know what I would have ended up, you know, but because of my martial arts training, I'm able to apply the exact same principles in the real world. And that's how I got my MBA at Harvard and, and, and survived and persevered. Even when I was at Harvard, uh, my mom came to live with me in a dorm because she was homeless, and so she, in a single dorm room, I slept in the floor, she slept in the bed, and of course the school didn't know because if the school knew, we would, I mean, they would kick her out and they would probably do something with me, disciplinary action with me, right? But that's how desperate times were at that time, and um, no, there's no doubt that martial arts gave me what I have today in everything I do. And how did the kid from Pattaya, Thailand, wind up at Tufts University, the Boston area, to begin with? Yeah. So um, I didn't grow up poor. I grew up, you know, upper middle class, um, and I had I, I had a happy childhood, and I never. Uh, uh, you know, went to bed hungry like that. It's only when the financial crisis hit. And fortunately, I was already in Tufts University and, you know, but I had to take out loans and all that other stuff. Um, one thing about it is, you know, um, my father's Thai, my mother's Japanese. Mm -hmm. So my mom has always been sort of international in her outlook. So even though I grew up in Thailand, she was always like, Chachi, you gotta go to America one day, bring the family with you, it's kind of that kind of thing. And I think it's because my mom, you know, I was a product of an international marriage. And um, so my mom always kind of guided me that way. And even when we had no money, and you know, she was the one that said, Chachri, go apply to Harvard. And I said, Mom, I'm never going to get in. And even if I get into Harvard, I don't have the money. I mean, how am I going to pay for it? I had like $2,000. And my mom said, Chachri, you'll find a way. Did you initially work after Tufts University in, in Boston or New York? And then yeah, apply? yeah, yeah, in, in Boston, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And you, so at that point, though, um, you didn't have any savings in your no, job no, since no. you were helping the family out? Yeah, 
exactly, exactly. I mean, it became the sole breadwinner, yeah. Uh, that's an amazing story. And I've read that even you talked about $4 a day, you lived on $4 a day while you were at Harvard Yep, as exactly, well. yep. What were you eating and how were you able to do that with just expenses um, like laundry, groceries, yep. and just, you know, with, if you're riding a bicycle, you get a flat tire? You know, I, I couldn't even afford a bicycle. So uh, I, I didn't ride the subway, I didn't ride the bus. All I did was just walk or run everywhere. Uh, that was my life. I mean, I just, you know, and uh, I kept a daily spreadsheet of expenses. And, you know, if you buy, if you eat one sandwich a day, which is what, pretty much what I did, you know, you will easily get to $4, easily, well below. And then, of course, there's odds and ends of expenses here and there that add up. But my laundry and stuff like that, I lived in the dorm, so I, I, I took out loans for that part of my life. My daily expenses is what I taught Muay Thai, I you know, delivered Chinese food, I did whatever I could for my daily expenses. But uh, when I took out the big loans for school and stuff like that, I paid for tuition and, and boarding. And so boarding was, part of boarding was the uh, option of getting uh, your laundry done by the school. Mm -hmm. so. And you were in Boston, uh, another famed, well-known city of Tong, yep. uh, gym is there, led by Mark Delagrai. Did you have an opportunity to train or coach out of that gym, or do you train elsewhere? Uh, no, I didn't. I actually taught on my own there at, at Harvard. I, I was uh, president of the martial arts club there, and I was uh, an instructor there. But yeah, I know Mark and I are friends, and, and you know we know each other very well. Um, but you know he, he was out in Somerville at the time, and you know I was out in Cambridge. Just again, I, when you don't have money, when you can't you, you you can't ride the subway or the bus, everything seems far. So yeah. you know it just was far. It was impossible for me to go. I mean, I'd have to like run an hour each way or whatever. It's you know. It's, plus, I was at Harvard, so I you know I was inundated with work, and you know I had to figure out a way to make money and survive. Yeah, and I've known other Harvard MBAs, and, it, and I was like, what's it like? getting an MBA from Harvard. They said, imagine college where you're studying for finals, it, but just do it for two years straight with a, with a cutthroat uh, environment where everybody's a genius. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing that makes Harvard MBA different from other schools uh, is that they have a force-fail system. So let's say the whole class, we all take an exam together, and you get an A+. Plus. Let's say I get a 95%, you get a 99%. But let's say the bottom 10% of the class is 95%. They give you F. And if you get four F's, you get kicked out of Harvard. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. You get disciplined, and then basically there's a probationary hearing, and then if you can't improve your grades, you get you get expelled, basically. So every year there's a forced failing and kicking people out of the school. It's not the friendliest of your environments in that regard. So that's why it's cutthroat. It's because your destiny is not necessarily in your hands. It's a forced curve, meaning that, again, I, I can tell you an example. I took operations management class. I thought I aced the hell out of the exam. It's midterm. I got back a 93%, but it was an F because everyone else got above that. How do you stay um, positive, mentally strong? Because you're in an environment where it is very difficult, very competitive. And on top of that, you're you're competing because it is competition in a way, similar to what you've done in your life in martial arts. Competing with students who didn't have to live on four dollars a day and could just focus on studying and not have to work and coach the way you did. Um, how do you maintain a positive mindset? It just well, I didn't. I, I didn't. I mean, I was human. I mean, there were times that I cried. There were times that I was. I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't think I was going to graduate. Uh, there was times that I, I wanted to give up. Uh, many times in my life. Um, but, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, I remember one time my mom 
you know, she lied to me. She said she'd ate, eaten dinner, and in reality, she didn't, so that she could give food to my younger brother. And you know, that kind of stuff breaks you. I mean, it really breaks you. I, I started. I, I remember, you know, I said, "Mama, I caught her a lie." You know, and she's she broke down crying, and I started crying, and like. You know, you start trying to blame the world and this kind of stuff. So I, it wasn't that I was like, um, I don't give you the impression that I was bulletproof or that I was, you know. But at the end of the day, this is what I always say too nowadays. I say, you see, if you fight for yourself, you can always give up. But if you fight for others, if you fight for something bigger than yourself, you just can't give up. I was putting my younger brother through school. I was, I, I was pulling my family out of poverty. There's no way that I, as an older son, in an Asian family, could I give up on my mom? What, I was just gonna give up and let my mom starve to death? No way. You know, so that was my, my, my destiny and, you know, at some point I embraced it, but I remember distinctly thinking to myself, man, this is exactly like a Muay Thai fight. You just, you, you get knocked down, you gotta get back up on your feet and you just gotta fight. You just gotta fight. And that's all the power, would you have had that fortitude if it worked, if you didn't train martial arts? No way, no way, no way. I, I really believe, and this is why, it's actually one of the reasons why I started Evolve. I really believe martial arts is the greatest platform to unleash human potential. It brought me out of poverty, made me a multi-millionaire. I really don't know what I would be doing. I brought my family out of poverty, I brought my mom out of poverty, uh, and now I'm able to impact so many, you know, thousands of lives for the better, not just my fighters, my instructors, who I change our world, but our students and, and, and you know, our youngest students, a four-year-old girl, our older students, a 70-year-old retired doctor. So it gives me great joy that I'm able to spread the true meaning of martial arts. See, people think that martial arts is about fighting or violence. And yes, you and I can kick ass in real life, but you can still that. especially against people who don't know anything, anything about martial arts but that's not the point of martial arts you know the point of martial arts really is the continuous improvement of yourself physically mentally emotionally spiritually it's about inheriting mental strength a warrior spirit a continuous desire to, uh, to improve uh, humility work ethic courage these are all the things that martial arts teaches you so um, I feel sorry for people who never learn martial arts because they think, you know, it's dangerous or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's so many attributes of martial arts that really change people inside and out. And just another point on your mother. How special is that bond that you have with her? Because I read that not only did she stay in your dorm room at Harvard, she also stayed in your apartment when you lived in San Francisco and you yeah. shared a room together. Um, yeah. How inspirational has your mom been and how you said you fight for her, yeah. fought a lot for her and your brother. Yeah. Um, how would you describe that bond right now like, and how it got help, not only martial arts helping you through these difficult times, but just yeah. that love of your family and your yeah. mother? So, um, I, I think without my mom, I would never have gone to Harvard. I would uh, never have dreamt very big in my life. I would never become a multimillionaire. I would never have started so many companies without my mom. Um, you know, when I made my first million dollars, I was 30 years old. I bought my mom a hot house. It was the very first thing I did. Because without her, and you know, even, even if she's not with me every day, you know, so many of her words and her lessons are in my mind always about how to live life, what is the meaning of life, you know. Um, 
those kind of things. So, you know, we have a special bond. I mean, definitely for sure. For sure. Um, you, you've had a lot of success in the business world. After Harvard and San Francisco, you made your way to Wall Street. That's when you met Henzo Gracie back in 2006. Yeah. What made you decide uh, to try jiu-jitsu after uh, being a lifelong Muay Thai artist? Um, uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I actually watched the very first UFC in 1993. Mm -hmm. I bought the pay-per-view, and I think at that time it was like $9.95, if I'm not mistaken, the very first one. And I was highly skeptical of, of what Voice was doing, and I watched a few more, and, and it, but it was in the back of my mind that this small guy in pajamas was destroying everybody, you know? And, uh, you know, around that time, UFC and Sport of the started growing. And I said, you know, I gotta go out and see what it's like. And 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 I did believe in my stand-up, but then once I rolled on the ground, I'm like, wow. I went for a trial class with uh, Rafael uh, Gorgino. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure you know him. He's, uh, he used to be the head of the, the Henzo Gracie Academy in New York. Um, and you know, I was hooked. I was like, wow, you know, that's unbelievable. What those guys can do, especially those elite black belts, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. How did you do your first few classes against white belts and black belts? Terrible. Like I said, I'm not an athlete, you know? I, I, I embrace the fact that I'm not an athlete. Um, I love sports, I play it all the time, but I've never been a star in anything I do. Um, but, you know, it's something I just love, so I do it. It's, you know, so I didn't do that well. Mm -hmm. And you were pretty successful by that point in your career. Were you taking privates? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was taking regular classes, on and I was taking privates probably twice a week as well, on top of regular classes. Oh, who were your instructors for the privates? Uh, Rafael Borgino. Correct me if I'm wrong, he's with Evolve right now, right? Uh, he, he was with Evolve, but now he, opened, now he went back to the States, and now he's in Miami, opened up his own school. Yeah, one thing I will say is I've taken two classes out of Evolve. Both were great classes. But when we were doing the warm-ups, I was like, wait, this is the same as when I visited Ricardo Almeida's academy. I, mean, I, I had to ask your instructor, Leandro Issa, who's a UFC fighter, yeah, black belt, yeah, yeah. world champ, uh, hey, where'd you get this warm-up from? He's like, from Goro, uh, and who got from Henzo. And then I was like, oh, because it's the same as Ricardo Almeida. So that's a great thing about being part of the Henzo Gracie family, the consistency. It's a similar warm-up in Los Angeles and curriculum as Los Angeles, New York, Singapore. That's an amazing thing about being part of this worldwide yeah. network. For sure, for sure. And you know, Henzo comes here so often uh, to Singapore. And uh, he's a source of inspiration for all of us, and, and uh, um, you know we want to we want to represent him and honor him for the man he is, for the martial artist he is, and the legend he is. You know, and you're pretty busy right now. I've seen some photos of you um, taking Muay Thai classes at Evolve. How often do you put on a gi and get on the mats to roll? Um, uh, when I'm in Singapore, I'll do at least. Uh, three times, four times a week of Muay Thai and at least twice a week of BJJ. Mm -hmm. But I've been focused mostly the last four or five years on no gi. Mm -hmm. um, so my gi game is stagnated a bit, but uh, you know this year I, I, I re-picked up the gi again, and, and, and now my intention is to, to, to get proficient in the gi as well. But I would say my no gi game is a lot better than my gi game. I gravitated towards it, you know, a few years ago, and I just sort of did it. And plus MMA, I really was into the MMA thing, and so um, our fighters and fight team, and so I wanted to explore no gi so I could understand it more, and you know. But I really am a firm believer in the gi. Um, 
you know, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens by the end of the year, but I mean, I'm going to be taking my gear game very seriously this yeah. year. So that's my, that's my New Year's, one of my New Year's resolutions. Well, if you want to bring in a good, two good guys for a seminar, or even three from the New York school, yeah. um, that are no-gi gangsters and footlock yeah. masters, are you familiar with Gary Tonin, yes, Eddie Cummings, and Gordon Ryan? Of course, of course, of course. They're very famous. Because I saw... And they're amazing, and they're amazing. I, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of them. They're amazing. Yeah, because I know you got Michelle Nicolini coming yeah, in yeah. for a seminar. I heard that seminar sold out in yeah. a day. Yeah. But if you guys... Um, just, I'm just throwing out there because I've taken classes from Gary and Gordon. No, for sure. Um, I, de and, uh, I definitely would be very, very interested. I, yeah. I, I, I just don't know uh, Gary personally or any of those, but of course, I'm huge fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm huge fans, too. I also train with Gary and Gordon because um, they're from the same part of New Jersey. Oh, I God. Awesome. Yeah. If you want, I could ask them, hey. Yeah, sure. Because uh, I know they have packed schedules. Yeah. Gary's taking out Boston yeah. Paul Harris. In a, yeah, I know. I, I saw that today. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, that is scary. Because Gary, he looks like a regular guy. Yeah. Really fit guy, but Paharis yeah. just looks like a monster. Yeah, yeah. He's, you just don't know if he grabs that leg if yeah. he's gonna let go. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's awesome. And one point um, is that you took your last Muay Thai fight in 2008. Do you still have those competitive juices, and would they translate to competing in jujitsu at this point? You know, I'm 44 years old. Uh, Every now and then I do feel that adrenaline rush of wanting to, but you know, when I went back to Thailand and I competed in, in professional Muay Thai in 2008, I was a fraction of what I used to be, so it was very, like, even though I trained very hard for it, you know, I was trained six hours a day and I really focused on it, you know, um, and I fought a guy like with 150 fights, I still thought I was going to do well and I, I lost my decision, but... You know, it made me really sad that I, you know, when you can't perform to what you want to perform, it's very, or what you used to be able to perform to, it's just not as fun. So now, I, you know, I still love martial arts, I still love Muay Thai, I love BJJ. Maybe, you know, once I take my gay game seriously, I will do compete for fun, but, you know, I'm the kind of guy, like, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it really, really well. And right now, my businesses have me spread thin, so I'm, I'm traveling overseas a lot, and I just got back to Singapore last night. Um, and then I just trained. I just I did an hour of no gi with uh, one of our black belts. Um, so I, whenever I'm in Singapore, I'm always training. But um, I can't say it's with a lot of consistency. The consistency I would love to. And if I ever was going to compete, I'd want to take it very seriously. You know? I then want to train four hours a day and really get into it. And I just can't dedicate. So I train on average two hours a day when I'm here. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. not bad though. That's pretty damn good to me. I think a lot of people would kill to do that. And uh, the place where you do train, Evolve MMA, in a very short period of time, I believe it opened in January 2009. Yes, correct. In a very short period of time to become the premier MMA uh, facility and academy in Asia and one of the top in the world, uh, from what I see, because I've seen a lot of facilities in, in my time and everything is first class there. How did you first conceive the idea of Evolve? Uh, you know, um, when I came back to Asia for, for, for my other businesses, um, I, came, I decided I, I could choose my home base was going to be Singapore, Bangkok, or Hong Kong, and I was considering Seoul, Korea at the time as well. 
and I eventually chose Singapore because I just loved everything about it. I don't know, you can see how amazing yeah. country Singapore is. It's so international, it's clean, it's modern, it's, it has all the best of the East and the best of the West. But what it didn't have was because the Singapore government underinvested in sports in general in Singapore. Um, they focused heavily in the last 50 years on education and not sports. So there's a big wide open gap. I mean, I, I, even Muay Thai, I wanted to train Muay Thai, but there wasn't any world-class level here. I mean, the, 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 the Muay Thai was taught by Singaporeans, and that's not to say anything bad, it's just that I'm used to training in Thailand, it's a very different level. So I called a couple of my buddies who are world champions and they're just retired, and said, hey, why don't you come to Singapore, I'll open a small little thing and, 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 and let's train together, you know? Um, and uh, then uh, before I opened it, I uh, thought about, mm, man, let me, actually, let me go call Henzo and see if I can just put the, B, uh, the BJJ to here as well and bring a black belt. And then just one thing led to another, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it just from there. And so by the time we opened, we were Sigyotong Muay Thai, Henzo Gracie Jiu Jitsu, boxing and, and wrestling and, and no gi grappling, and you know, everybody and every single person was basically an elite in their respective art. Uh, and then the MMA program grew from there, and you know, it just kind of one thing led to another, you know. And in your approach to uh, finding coaches, scoping the world for Muay Thai coaches, wrestling coaches, yep. MMA coaches, yep. Jiu Jitsu coaches, you almost seem like a George Steinbrenner or Mark Cuban in that approach <laughs> in building this amazing all star team. I believe you have around 50 coaches on staff. Correct, that's right. Around, spread over three locations. Yeah, 55 now, yeah, around 55. Yeah. yeah, what was the process of recruiting all these um, masters and champions in their disciplines and from around the world and convincing them to come to Singapore? Yeah. Um, it was hard at first, yeah, because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm asking everyone to move, uproot their life and come to Singapore to... At the time, Evolve wasn't famous, and today, Evolve, we've got a we've got a wait list, literally, of black belts of, of Muay Thai world champions, of wrestling guys, MMA guys, literally a wait list of people who want to be an instructor or a fighter with us. So now it's a little bit different because we have a big brand. But in the past, it was very difficult, I and mean, I had to literally spend one-on-one -on -one time, you know, flying around the world and convincing them that this is going to be something that was going to be amazing. And of course, I was very lucky that Henzo and I are very close friends, and my master in Thailand, Kuyotong uh, Senanan. Um, he was very, very supportive. So they opened their Rolodex and they did as much, you know, uh, cheerleading for me on the side for everybody. So everybody knew that it was a legit thing that I was trying to pull off. And then it, again, it, I, you know, they say they say it's better to be lucky than smart in life. And I have to say, I had a lot of luck. I had a lot of good people, a lot of good friends helping me out. And um, you know. Um, and today, of course, we pay the highest in the world now. So it kind of now self-fulfilling. You know, now it's a little bit more self-fulfilling. But in the beginning, it was very hard. Yeah. Yeah. What was your pitch? Where it's like, I'm happy in Brazil. I'm happy in, in Phuket or Pattaya. Yeah. Why would I come down there? Was it because you were, probably had to sell a little bit more more than a great salary at the time and moving uprooting? Um, was there a pitch that you had to consistently make? Or? Well, you know, in Thailand, I actually have a lot of credibility because of my background. So that pitch was a little bit less difficult. It was a little bit less of a stretch because 
it's kind of like another black belt just asking another black belt, come come with me. You know, there are no black belts in Muay Thai, but I, and I'm just saying in the jiu-jitsu world, it would be like equivalent. Um, so the credibility factors are a bit easier. It was the Brazilians that was that were harder, and then, you know, these sins are U.S. Olympian, uh, head of the vault, but those were harder, but, um, you know, I just shared with them what I, my plans were for Evolve, why I'm doing Evolve in the first place, you know, to, to uh, unleash greatness in everyone, uh, to change the world, make it a better place, to share the invaluable lessons that martial arts taught me. I think that struck a chord with a lot of people, you know, that um, this wasn't uh, a venture for profits or money. It is, we're making profits and all that stuff, but that's a byproduct of doing great work. In other words, we never, I never started this venture to say, how much money can I make? I always started this venture with, how can I spread the beautiful, my, my love for martial arts? How can I spread jiu-jitsu in such a way that everyone wants to take it up, or Muay Thai, or MMA? And so that people can inherit those life lessons that I'm talking about. And it struck a chord with a lot of people. And, and uh, you know, my retention has been, you know, Evolve's retention has been very, very, very high. And, and I think it helps the fact that I'm not, yes, I'm a businessman, but I'm not viewed as a businessman by my fighters or instructors because I've walked their shoes, I've lived their path. I know everything they're going to. It doesn't matter if you're going to an MMA fight. I know the emotions that are going through because I've been there with a Muay Thai fight, right? So it's uh, there are parallels. There are a lot of parallels. So I think that connection uh, and the fact that you know how we treat our people, you know, people have been here with since the beginning of me. You know, when you first opened the doors of Evolve back in 2009, was it was there a line out the door of people say, saying, "Hey, I want to sign up"? Or nobody, what? nobody. It was literally the first six months. Uh -huh. um, you know, luckily I was independently wealthy already and yeah. I'd succeed in other businesses. So <laughs> if it was any other business, if I didn't love martial arts, I would have shut it in six months because there was, literally when I first landed in Singapore, I think there was five blue belts in the entire country. Mm -hmm. Five. Nobody had heard of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. No one knew what MMA was. Nobody. Muay Thai was very, 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 very at its infancy here in Singapore. And... Um, the first six months, maybe the first year, there was nothing. We had no students. Like it was like it was embarrassing. Was it just a pro team at that point? Yeah, we, no, not even. We had. We, I remember we had a we had world champions teaching Muay Thai, and there'd be like two students. BJJ black belt uh, Antonio Braganeto was our one of our uh, coaches at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he just had won the Mundial the year before, and he's teaching two students, two white belts. It's like a private lesson, yeah, basically, yeah, with yeah, world champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad yeah, deal yeah, if you yeah, got yeah, it on the ground yeah, floor, right? But, uh, you know, as a business, I was like, oh, this may not make it. You know, but at the same time, I was funding all the losses because I just love martial arts. And that wasn't my, like I said, my mindset wasn't like, how much money can I make? Can I make? My mindset really was, look, I'd already made enough money to, to last me a lifetime or many lifetimes you know, by the time I was 35. I said, I want to do something more useful with my life. You know, I don't believe, Jerry, that we were put on this earth just to um, work and buy a house and buy a car or pay bills. Like, I just feel like that's just not what we're put on earth for. I think that's got some greater meaning to this whole thing. And I went through a lot of soul searching here in Washington because I was making millions of dollars every year and I wasn't happy. I really wasn't. I had houses everywhere. I had cars. I, I just wasn't happy. Well, 
why weren't you happy though? Because on, on paper it sounds great. You're winning yeah. in business. Yeah. Yeah. You got the Harvard MBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could jet set around the world if yeah. you want to. Yeah. Um, what wasn't making you happy? So, so this is what I learned about life. Um, you know, is that we all, all of us, throughout throughout our life, get advice from our friends, our family, society, whoever. And you know the saying people say the hardest thing in life is to be true to yourself. I didn't really understand that meaning. I just thought I was dirt poor. I want to make a shitload of money because I want to help my mom out of poverty, my brother, and pay for my brother's school and, and alleviate the pain that I saw in my family. And um, you know, I grew up in a happy home when I was younger because we had money. But when there was no money, my father abandoned the family. The whole family cra came crashing down. So I always attached a certain level of meaning, maybe too much, right? To my naivete. But once I got to the top and I was making money, I just thought to myself, like, this can't be the point of life. And that's when I realized that I was not following what was inside my heart. I was ticking the boxes of what I needed to do to survive, to make money, to do this. But I was in, by, you're right, by Asian society or by my, my, my mom's eyes, like I was a Harvard MBA and you're right, running a, a huge hedge fund, a global hedge fund. But that didn't excite me in the way Evolve excites me. Like, it just didn't. And, you know, I was in a fortunate position of choosing in my life. I, I, I could, at that point, I had made enough money that I could really say, is this what really the next 30 years or 50 years of my life is gonna be about? Just making more and more money? And I just, it didn't fulfill me. Because at the end of the day, when you're a hedge fund manager, okay, you have Bloomberg terminals in front of you, and Excel spreadsheets, and all I'm doing is moving money around all over the world. That's all I'm doing. Moving money to make money, right? Buying stocks, buying and selling stocks. So, I was thinking to myself, well, what am I really doing? I'm just losing a mouse and making millions. Now, some people say, oh, wow, Chacha, that's a great life. But, is this pretty stressful? Very stressful. Because my friend does it, and yeah. she's like, basically, I'm a riverboat gambler every day. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, very stressful, I'm sure. Did you feel like, though, you were in this position where you could have probably retired at that point? One of my friends, another one of my friends who's very successful, he's vice president of the Major League Baseball Club, he's like, Jer one night he texted me, he was at a bar, texted me, he's like, Jerry, I'm on a ride I can't get off of. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're successful, you have a dream job? He's like, nah, I I, have, I, can't, leak, I can't get off this ride, even if I wanted. Did you feel that way where you had so many obligations? For sure. For sure. For your sure. companies, for sure, definitely. definitely. Are you off that ride now, or do you have you just come to made it more on your terms? Um, now I don't think about it a ride. Like you know, when I was younger, like because of societal pressure, you compare yourself to this person or that person or this or that or this classmate or that, and. I'm happy to say the last seven years of my life, when I retired at 37, my life has really been about just doing what I love with people I love and trying to do good in the world. That's it. I don't count my pennies. I don't I don't even know what my net worth is. I don't that's not how I view the world and I used to. I don't live for, to buy material things. I, I I just, I don't own a watch. I haven't owned a watch in 15 years. I, I, I don't have extravagant things anymore. I just live a different life. I live back to, actually, back to my martial arts roots. You know, it's like, I love, the happiest time of my day literally is when I'm at Evolve. I have other businesses and stuff, but literally when the happiest times is when I'm training. 
is it because is it a combination because it's escape from reality is it ex- the um, adrenaline high where just being around being around martial artists makes me happy yeah exactly because they're calmer people they're easier to relate to um, they, you know it's just it's a lot easier to talk to also because I think there's something about getting your butt kicked in day after day still coming back for more which is something most people won't do but what is that it for you though you just enjoy the people the camaraderie more the adrenaline the the I feel, I feel I feel that martial artists are more real than you know, 99% of people in the world. I, I, you know, when you're on the mats, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a millionaire, a popper, an engineer, a nurse. Dude, we're just rolling and we're having fun. Like, yeah. And in the quest of unleashing our own personal greatness, being as, as good as you can be, as a white belt, blue belt, purple belt, whatever it is. And there is some little bit of competitive tension sometimes, but how can I say? It's like a brotherhood, sisterhood, a camaraderie, and it's real. It's just real. Like, see, when you when we walk out of Evolve, you know, people label you this or label you that by what your job is, what do you do for a living, and your societal stand, your societal, your social status, your material things, where you live, all this BS crap that I don't believe in. So when I go to Evolve, it's just for me the most real and I love the fact that I get to change so many lives uh, for the better I really really that's what ignites my soul that's really what I man I get so excited when I find out that you know we had a four year old little girl and now she's a, this is a true story she, jo- and she joined Evolve as a four year old girl now she's 11 uh, really super shy scared of people and then you know she's a two time uh, Naga champ in the states now she trained out of Evolve in Singapore uh, she's a Australian champion she's a Japan Open champion uh, and her now her dream is to be a world champion a BJJ Black Belt world champion like that's so cool to me like we, we here was this little shy little girl who now has a dream and, and inheriting all the lessons of martial arts that I wanted in the first place to share with those kind of stories to me make men like that's what I'm living for because you know at the end of the day Jerry when we're 80 years old and years old dying or whatever it is man we're not going to be proud of what title you know or what company we were for what, or what our title was or how big our house was or our cars we really won't it'll be literally at least for me it will be did I leave this world a better place than when I entered it and I want to that's something I really really has become my life mission my life purpose through the power of martial arts I want to make this world a better place than, than, than it, what, what it was before and what you just said reminds me of this Kurt Osiander saying uh, he said I don't sell BJJ I sell a better life and I, you know a few years ago my, um, before Jiu Jitsu I didn't have the confidence I didn't have a lot of things going on and when I first walked in there to the gym I saw guys that were on a competition team and guys that um, you know purple belts are just crushed me in a minute and then now four years later I'm in a, I, I've never finished worse than third place in a competition which I never thought I'd even ever win a match and um, you know I, I have the opportunity to train Paulus Gracie John Danaher Gary Tone and it's like it's been an amazing ride yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have a, a, a Japanese drink, uh, Emperor Sencha, Emperor Strong. Uh, I'll have the same thing. And then a big bottle of sparkling water for me. Thank you.
Yeah, just so guys, people on a podcast know we're in a really nice tea room in Singapore right now, so we just ordered some tea. Um, and just so, yeah, jujitsu's definitely changed my life for the better, and um, the camaraderie I feel with the people. Um, whether you're a construction worker or a Hollywood executive, well, you're all on a mess together in in our school in Los Angeles, and I can totally relate to what you just said. And you're absolutely right. And you know, you opening a gym, uh, my instructor Sean Williams, um, letting me into his life. In his training, it's de- definitely the best decision I ever made in my life. I don't think I'd be on this road trip through Asia. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It opened up human awesome. potential for yeah. me. And, and so, what you're selling is a better life for yeah. people. Like a little bit better than pushing buttons and moving money. Around. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Um, and you're, you're continuing to do this with Evolve University. Um, in the states, you have some. You have a lot of online training sites uh, through. Keating Cornelius, um, the Ibero brothers, uh, Mendez brothers, Marcelo Garcia, all are, and also the Gracie brothers. Um, what makes your site different and different to, from just sourcing instructional videos off of YouTube? Okay. Um, well, uh, Evolve University is the world's largest online university for martial arts. Um, we literally have a few thousand videos now mm-hmm. across a wide spectrum of you know, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, um, Muay Thai, uh, MMA, BJJ, etc., wrestling, um, and uh, all of our courses are taught by world champions um, or UFC fighters, 1FC fighters, whatever, the highest level. So, um, for me, you know, uh, the other the other uh, online resources are more about one one style, one person, or one art. And this is kind of a, a broad spectrum where you can, it's almost like a living library of the greatest martial artists just teaching you across a wide spectrum so that if ever you, you know, and I think it, com- it comes from my background that I love training in Muay Thai, I love training in BJJ, I love training Nogi, I just like, and I, and I love learning constantly from everybody. Um, and uh, so my idea was literally for the first time in history you could learn 24-7, 365 under a world champion in any martial art, whether you're a beginner, whether you're a professional fighter, going for your world title, it didn't matter what level you're at. Um, and then, you know, we are going to eventually, um, we have plans to do online streaming so you can actually take a live course with a UFC world champion or a 1FC world champion uh, live in your, in your library, uh, you know, in, your, in, your, in your living room. So, um, I mean, it's, the most, it's by far the most comprehensive martial arts uh, library. But I think also the quality. You know, we have our own custom studio. We have, you know, I have an uh, entire crew. I mean, lighting, sound, videographers. I've got, you know, uh, marketers, management team, everything running Evolve University. It's a separate company. And 55 coaches. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so... Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's more of a general approach, I would say. You know, it's not just pure jiu-jitsu, and, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of value learning from the Mendez brother only, or the or, or the Marcelo Garcias. But if you look at the value proposition, like we charge nine ninety-five a month, nine dollars and ninety-five cents. Is that Singapore dollars or U.S. Dollars? U.S. dollars? Wow, well, that's and, not bad. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. You, yeah, exactly. And you get access to a few thousand videos, and we we have new videos every day. Um, and 
across all the martial arts. So it's and all of them are. I mean, you can you, you can Google anybody's background and, and, and whoever's teaching those courses. And and like you said, it's, it's just 55 instructors. So, so so you know it's Asia's greatest collection of world champions or elite fighters or instructors that are teaching it. And Evolve's a global brand. Evolve universities thus is also a global brand that extends Singapore, China. Um, how do you um, deal with the language barriers that you that you'll see? Is there subtitles or? Yeah. So 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 uh, that's so funny you, you, you bring it up because our, our our new website just launched uh, a couple weeks ago, and we have all the videos now going to be translated into different languages, and the website translated into different languages. You just click a button and stuff like that. So yeah, the aim is really to be global. I mean, like, and the aim is not just for you know a beginning in martial arts. It could be a BJJ black belt in in small town India or or US that wants access to a mundial world champion's technique or you know sharpen his knowledge for his students. You know five uh, de la Hiva sweeps that he may or may not have access to because he's not or or how to defend against a Baron Bolo. Have a world champion teach you that. And uh, again, the idea is that martial arts knowledge and learning used to be very geographic centric. Meaning in your town, your city, you could only do that. Now, we don't want to replace your hometown instructors or your academies. We want to view, we view ourselves as a resource. So Jerry's learning under Sean Williams every day, and if he's a subscriber of Evolve University, he can pick up different things from different styles and different tricks. Like we have one guy who's a master at wrist locks. That's his number one thing. I mean, on an instructor team, he's a BJJ black belt, master of wrist locks. So we just have him do tutorials on wrist locks. So little things like that would be complementary to, to what Sean is teaching. What you you know, he's you know. It's just another resource. It's, you know, in the olden days, because I'm 44, in the olden days, you know, I would look up literally an encyclopedia. You know, like, you know, my mom would give me an encyclopedia and say, this is the world or whatever it is, right? Now it's online. It's just a resource for you. It's in your back pockets. It's accessible mobile, your mobile device, online, whatever it is. But you'll always have it at your fingertips. It's like, oh, wait, I want to learn how to do XYZ moves. And at least one thing with the Evolve brand, you know that you're making the best. See, with YouTube and stuff, you just never know what you're learning from and who you're learning from. So, yes, there's some credible sources because you can see it's Andre Galvao or whatever it is, but there's 99% of YouTube for me is a lot of just people wannabes and you don't know the quality of instruction. Nothing's been vetted out. At Evolve University for $9.95, you're getting thousands of videos and everybody's legitimately, you know, the best or one of the best in the world at what they do. Yeah, and that's a pretty good point because one of the most popular jiu-jitsu websites uh, or YouTube channels rather and I'm not going to say by name yeah. uh, just it, the guy that owns the site and produces the video some people said you know he paid for his black belt where he's not really a legitimate black belt so yeah it does happen out there and John Danaher where I took his uh, heel hook seminar he's like there's so many videos out there of people that don't know heel hooks but are teaching heel hooks whereas John Danaher is John Danaher exactly. and you know it's the source and yep. you see what Eddie Cummings and Gary Tone are yep. doing out there yep. with what he's learned yep. from what yep. they learned from Dan and her. So that's a very
very good point as well. Um, right now, Evolve has the online universities at three locations about Singapore. Um, Asian MMA, say, 10, 15 years ago, was the premier spot for mixed martial arts. What role does Evolve play, in, not just in growing martial arts in China, the Philippines potentially, and other hot spots in, in Asia to get the, uh, the Asian mar mixed martial arts scene back on? And you're, you're also invested in that because you're the founder and chairman of one championship. Um, yeah. Do you see Evolve and playing a big role in that? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, the only reason why Evolve um, has not grown uh, so quickly is because I, I care much more about the authenticity of what we're teaching, the, the, the quality of our instruction, and the quality of our business staff running the company. Otherwise, in terms of capital, I could open 100 academies tomorrow, but I feel that would end up becoming a McDojo where the quality isn't there. So for me, I've always resisted, and we get franchise requests literally every week from all over the world. Literally, I mean, America, Egypt, Italy, Australia, Indonesia, India, China. I mean, we get emails every week saying, we'd love to open Evolve in XYZ country and can we franchise it? And I've t turned down all of them because for me, it's not about, again, you know, when you start something, you gotta know why you're doing it. If I was doing it for the money, yeah, I would open 100 tomorrow and exploit the Evolve brand because it's globally famous, as you said. And mm -hmm. But that's not the purpose, that's not the point. The point is not to see how many accounting they can open. The point is, can I thoughtfully teach authentic martial arts and I thoughtfully change lives for the better with the highest level of quality. That's very important to me. So, you know, of course, if I roll forward 10 years, do I think Evolve is going to be in every major city in, in Asia? Yes, for sure. But I won't do it just because on a timeline, an artificial timeline, I will only do it if I believe I can pull off the best quality. You know, that's the most important thing. That's just, and I think that's because I'm, yes, I'm a businessman, but for, I'm a martial artist at heart. I care a lot about authenticity. I don't care about the number of schools I own. I care about the number of schools I have. Are we doing a great job by our students? Are we doing a great job by our instructors? Are we doing a great job by our staff, our fighters, our world champions? Everybody who's part of the Evolve ecosystem, I want them to, I want to change their lives. I mean, you know, people think it's crazy that some, you know, the highest paid instructor pay at Evolve, the, the, the pay at Evolve ranges from $5,000 to $15,000 a month. And people are like, Chuck, how can you pay someone $15,000 a month? I'm like, if the guy deserves it, why not? I mean, that's just, I mean, for me, it's like, I know I'm changing the guy's life because in Thailand he was earning $300 a month. I don't have to pay people 15000 but I do it because he, he is the best teacher we have or whatever, you know, out of the 55, the top guys make that kind of money. They deserve it because they're the best. They're the best in the world. Not only are they the best in the world at Muay Thai in actual, as, as world champions, but they're the best in the world teaching. So why shouldn't they have an opportunity to escape poverty and earn a great living and, and earn six figures, right? Um, and I think that's very different from other martial art gym owners where they just want to try to make as much money as possible and pay the instructors as little as possible. Um, that's not my, my view. So my view is Evolve. And that's the reason why I named the company Evolve. I want it to be a place where everybody can evolve 
into everything they want to be in life. So whether it's a student who wants to be an entrepreneur, they inherit the courage through martial arts to go be an entrepreneur. If it's a world champion who wants to retire um, and start his own academy back home in Thailand or Brazil, or if it's the, the person who just wants to work at a great organization changing lives, you know, um, and, and that's why our community outreach program is very, very serious too. You know, we've been, we've been invested a lot of money into our community outreach program. Uh, you know, we work with uh, the Boys Town Home, which is Singapore's home for orphans and abandoned kids. Uh, that an example of that is if they uh, show good grades above 3.0, they don't smoke, they don't fight, and they don't get in trouble, and their uh, counselors vouch for them and so let us work. They train them all for free. On top of that, we do move, we, we pay for movie nights, bowling nights, uh, barbecue days with our world champions. Uh, I give obviously talks to all the kids to make sure that they're not forgotten by society. Uh, we do the same thing for Singapore Children's Society, which is uh, underprivileged kids. Uh, we, we work with the Cancer a Children's Cancer Foundation of Singapore as well, which is basically kids with uh, cancer. And uh, Minds, which is uh, for the mentally disabled. And uh, that's very, very important to me. You know? That's why I invest millions of dollars into all these different things, because it's like... Again, when you start something, you gotta know why you're doing it. My, my goal was not to, if I wanted to maximize profits, I'd pay every instructor $3,000, like, like the rest of the world does. I would not have a community outreach program where I'm spending so much money you know, on, on barbecue nights and all this stuff. Um, I wouldn't pay, I, my staff makes a crap load of money too. Yes, we charge probably the highest in the world for gym, gym rates as well. But again, um, if we deliver outstanding instruction, charge of heist, but we're still the largest in Asia. So something's, I mean, something's working, right? Yeah, because yeah, so. yeah, I've, um, just so listeners know, I, I've spent the past few days at Evolve, and the beautiful thing is, I believe the classes start at 6.45 a.m. and go with open mats, so doors then close at 11 p.m., so, and there's classes every hour on the hour, whether it's Muay Thai, fitness, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, MMA classes, it's really is, once the door opens, it's non-stop, and classes are packed throughout the day, which amazes me, um, and on top of that, it's a world-class facility, um, from the equipment, the mats, the cage, the locker rooms, and just the amenities, like the acai bowl stand, the pro shop, it is, everything is first class there, too, and that's a big departure from what, where we, where you came up from in Phuket, where many of the, oh, put, yeah, my apologies, no worries. I'm going to get into yeah, it, so yeah, I'm probably yeah. subconsciously thinking about yeah. that. Um, thank you. What made you decide to make make the facility so nice, considering that most Muay Thai gyms are very bare bones and um, almost, in the United States yeah. comparison, Rocky Balboa-like? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I, I trained in that environment as a professional. I trained in the professional fighting environment, and I just, obviously I love it, but... Again, it goes back to what was my mission. My mission is to make martial arts for everybody so that it's not about, you know, 99% of our people will never step in the ring, will never fight, will never get a punch in the face. 99% of people are taking martial arts for, to get in the best shape of their life, to uh, learn discipline, humility, work ethic, courage, or whatever the attributes they want to take away. So how can I, my mindset was like, how can I make it as safe as possible, as fun as possible, and introduce martial arts in a way 
way that was not intimidating. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I trained at Sigyotong camp in Thailand, you know, which at the time was the best camp in Thailand. It's very intimidating. Even for me, the first day I went there, I was like, oh my god, everyone's a certified badass, professional, world champion, and they, it's very scary. And that's not a way that would promote martial arts in a positive manner. That's what I believe. I really felt that I had a, if my mission really was to spread martial arts widely, I had to create the safest, most comfortable, most inviting environment for, so that literally our youngest is a four-year-old girl, our oldest student is a 74-year-old retired doctor. So that was my goal. Yeah. And just want to transition a bit from Evolve to one of your other projects, One Championship. Um, where do you see the biggest growth opportunities in, in One Championship? Is it in China, in growing a sport there, or another part Yeah, well, you know, Asia has 4.1 billion people. And uh, right now, One Championship is the largest sports media property in the history of Asia. Uh, our viewer, our broadcast is for 1 billion homes, 70 countries around the world. Just Asia alone, again, 4.1 billion people. Let me just do some simple math for you. If we just get 1% of people buying a t-shirt, becoming a fans of one championship, buying they buy a t-shirt once a year, a $10 t-shirt, that's $400 million in revenues. That's just a t-shirt. That's not even about talking about media rights, about sponsors, about ticket sales, about any of that stuff. The enormous opportunity um, is across Asia, unifying as a sports product. So the way I would describe is this, is NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, if you look at the last 30 years, 30 years ago, all those sports were not multi-billion dollar sports properties. Today, they're all worth 10, 20 billion dollars. Um, the same thing's gonna happen with one championship. There's no question in my mind. Because there is no sporting property in Asia. And Asia's the whole martial arts for the last 5,000 years. So, um, the opportunity set, yes, China's a big market for one championship, but, I mean, China has one billion people. There's 3.1 other billion people across Asia. So there's still plenty of opportunity everywhere. And, um, how do you view the um, other promotions, such as Rise, and are, are they partners with you guys or competition? Because you did have Shinya Aoki fight in Rise. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean uh, they, asked to, they asked if we could loan uh, Shinya to them. We said, yeah, no problem. But I, I want to I go to the sport. Um, for me, one championship is about business. Evolve is about changing the world, making it a better place. There's a very... That's what I'm saying. When you start something, you, you got to really understand why you're doing something and, and what is the bottom line. With one championship for me, it's much more of a business opportunity. So let me tell you why. In North America, you've got multi-billion dollar sports properties, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and UFC now. Thank you, thank you, Jared. No um, in Europe, you have multi-billion dollar sports properties, EPL, Formula One, Bundesliga, Spanish La Liga. Asia has nothing, literally nothing. We import all of our sports on TV or internet, whatever it is. 
So when I was investing in, in one check, I said to myself, there is going to be a day, five years, ten years from now, where there's going to be a sports every Friday night that you watch, and it's your local hero. In America, it's LeBron James, it's blah, 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 you want to watch, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, whatever it is. There is going to be the equivalent here in Asia. And I said, then I looked at the martial arts industry, and I said, man, there's a martial art in every single country. Korea, Taekwondo, Judo, Karate, Aikido, Japan, Kung Fu in China, Samoan, Russia, Silat in Indonesia, Malaysia, Muay Thai in Thailand. Asia is a whole martial arts for 5,000 years. So to me, it made sense, like, man, if I just had a pan-regional pan broadcast, on Friday every night, he would just be exactly like the States, where, hey man, you you, you watching the, the, the NBA Finals? Of course you are, you know? Or NFL Super Bowl? Of course you are. So, you know, of course that vehicle is obviously going to spread martial arts on, on, in terms of the fan base, in terms of interest level, which it has. I mean, Without one championship, I doubt there would be as many gyms in across Asia, period, full stop. I mean, the, the, the lifeline of every gym, of every martial arts gym in Asia right now is, is one championship. The fact that we're on TV in every single country is why you watch it in Malaysia, that's why you go to the gym in Malaysia. You watch it in Singapore, that's why you go to the gym, you, you go to these martial arts gyms, whether it's BJJ, Muay Thai, MMA, whatever it is. That's what's ignited everything. So, there is, of course, you know, um, to, to, to the entire martial arts community. And I do take that responsibility very seriously as a leader, right? But in my mind, one championship is a business opportunity. As opposed to Evolve is a is my life mission. But they seem to go hand in hand though in a way because you're, you're using uh, one is one of the vehicles to help spread your message of martial arts and also uh, in a sense that Evolve might be the camp where you do find the because in the US you see Sage, Northcutt, Paige, Van Zandt. You have the Asian equivalent with the least uh, Christian and Angela Lee yeah, and yeah. then there's in say China they're currently finding kids at a very young age going into the Olympic development program yep. and you need to also compete in a way to find those Roy McDonald, Paige, Van Zandt, Sage, Northcutt and um, potentially get them at a young age to train at Evolve or at an Evolve type uh, environment to help develop the next generation stars which will help one grow so sure. while they you do view it as uh, one business one passion and purpose they are very much intertwined in a way yeah for sure I mean uh, my life is about martial arts right I mean, uh, I mean I have other business I have real estate and things like that but that's not that's just business so yes one championship for me is um, it's definitely a uh, still martial arts and like fight night man fight week I love it I go crazy Jerry you gotta actually come to watch fight night man you'll, you'll, you'll see how unbelievable it is so if you, if you do have time I want you to come and I'll take you VIP cage side we'll go backstage as well and you'll see as a martial artist how it'll just light you up because it's like the production value is insane it's like a UFC show but it's different differentiate because it's Asian right so um, yes but you know I can't explain it Jerry it's it's um I don't have the same it doesn't ignite my soul in the way Evolve does. Well, if someone does watch 1FC, they're eight years old at home. They may not be the Olympic 
development athlete where they might there might not just be a sport, but they're born to fight. And there is uh, eight years from now, an evolve in say Shanghai or Chengdu, yeah, China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point. Yeah. It, that's where I'm going. Like that, they are intertwined, though. Yes, they, for sure. Evolve will be for sure. For sure. One FC and Evolve are just seem. I know one is one is a business, one is your passion and purpose, but they seem so intertwined. Yes, with each other. For, and, for, and, for sure. There's no doubt. Like I said, one championship will help all the entire martial arts industry across Asia, and it already has. There would not be MMA gyms popping up everywhere and succeeding. There would not be BJJ schools succeeding anywhere in Asia if it weren't for one championship. There's no question because, again, the power of media to get that eight-year-old kid off the, you know, off the couch telling his parents he wants to learn, or that 18-year-old kid who just saw his first, you know, attended his first event. I want to learn this. Or it's that, you know, former Muay Thai world champion who realized that, hey, man, I can make a living because you know the pay is so far greater at one championship than than other combat sports in Asia. So, yes, we are changing lives. Yes, we are making a huge impact. And yes, Evolve will benefit just like any other gym would benefit. But you got to know why you're doing things, you know, and, and be intellectually honest about that. So I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I'm doing 1FC out of, like, the love of my heart or charity of my, you know, it's very different. It's yeah. a very different feeling. But nonetheless, yes, one championship has a much bigger business opportunity involved with us. Much bigger. to move to another country or expand, which country would you choose? Yeah, so I, I own land in, in, in various places around Asia. I, I don't want to disclose, um, yeah. due, just due to competitive reasons. But again, my vision is we're going to have it evolve in every major location around Asia. So uh, I don't want to disclose where we're going next, but we have obviously our internal plans and all that stuff. My, my operating team at Evolve, my vice presidents, have the roadmap of where we're going to expand, how we're going to do it, at what time frame, etc., and what the criteria are. We're approaching a little bit over an hour. I know you're a very busy person. You said you had an hour. Um, just a final note, I just want to thank you for the hospitality from your staff, Darren Tan, Jason, um, Leandro Issa, uh, Bruno Pucci, and also Christian and Angela Lee. Um, I've had time, had the opportunity to spend time with them and uh, learn under them uh, and just tour your facilities. And you have a first-rate culture, first-rate coach, and first-rate people at your academy. Um, I really appreciate the you will open you and your staff opening doors to me while I'm on the road traveling. Um, and my message to anybody out there is: there's a lot of opportunities to. Um, if you're in Singapore, definitely check out Evolve MMA. They have vacation plans. Um, if you're Henzo Gracie affiliate like I am, they, um, you have the opportunity to train here for free. It's just a first-class facility through and through, from the staff to the coaches to the mats and facilities. Um, just a lot of the best perks and amenities. I've ever seen at an MMA or uh, Jiu-Jitsu Academy. So um, just thank you very much. I no, really appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry, for taking the time to come to Singapore. Thank you very much for taking the time to hang out with Evolve. I wish I had more time with you. I've just been yes. flying everywhere. I just got back to Singapore last night. I appreciate it. And, and thanks for taking the time to, to, to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Right. Well, um, thank you, guys. And um, this will be posted soon. And um, thank you for listening. Take care and have a great day, guys.